podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to a brand new DNF1 F1 podcast. I hope that you're all doing well. And thank you, as always, for being here. It's great to have you along for a bit of F1 chat and discussion. And it's just me, just Adam here, for this particular episode. And what I wanted to do is do a bit of a mini-series where we discuss the new cars, talk a little bit about what I think of their designs, the liveries in particular, a couple of technical details on these new cars that we can see Of course, I'm expecting them all to be very different by the time we go to testing and even in the first race in Bahrain in March. But I thought it might be fun to do that with you guys and uh, just talk about the team's hopes and aspirations for 2024, reflect a little bit on 2023. So let's see how we go. Of course, the first episode of this little mini series I wanted to do on the 2024 cards will feature the VF24, the 2024 Haas Formula One car and uh, yeah let's see how we get on now at this point in time I'm currently looking at the pictures so if you want to join me on this you're probably going to have to find the images yourself although they're all over social media so I'm pretty sure if you haven't seen them already they're quite easy to find and in regards to the VF24 I must say I like the livery I like the look of this car it's definitely a step up from what we had last season with Haas. Uh, I like the black on this car. I I know a lot of fans have expressed their discontent for some of the new cars in this new generation that, you know, that they're a bit dark, they're a bit dull. And we, we know that that's because the teams are trying to save weight as much as possible. I'm hoping this year, now that teams have had a couple of years now to shave unnecessary weight off these cars with the aero development that's going on with these ground effect cars, hopefully they'll be able to get to the weight limit a lot easier than they have done in the past. And that should allow them to produce more vibrant looking liveries. I mean, we saw the McLaren one not too long ago. And yes, it was a bit more papaya and black rather than papaya blue and black, for example. But that did look a lot nicer. So hopefully that sets the trend going forward. Haas, obviously, as as, despite saying that they've gone the other way and have gone darker, but I think it suits them. I I think they've kind of developed an identity where their colours are mostly black, white and red, Um, not necessarily affiliated with America in any way, even though they are America's F1 team, as they say on their bio on social media, they've got the American flag on the front of the car. And uh, I I think it works for them. I think it looks good. It's very much in line with their corporate sponsors, MoneyGram, for example. So it's a good look for them in 2024. I'm a little worried that it may blend into the crowd a bit. It may not be so noticeable, but given where Haas expect to be at the start of the season, it might not be too difficult to pick them out of the field anyway. Looking at the detail on this car, as far as the aero is concerned, as I said, I'm not going to go into too much depth in this because I don't want to bore you guys, and I know I am far from an expert. So I'm going to talk about a few things that I've noticed. Um, for example, the, the side pods look a little bit different this season. It's very much in line with what... Ferrari did earlier last season where they went down the Red Bull route. Haas looked like they've very much gone down the avenue as well. There doesn't seem to be a lot 
of detail on the diffuser, but I imagine that was deliberate from them to not really put that much detail in the render. It's very much covered off. So I suspect they're trying to keep that hidden as best as they can. Uh, there's a bit of change on the suspension. They've uh, kept with a push rod. So um, that's obviously good for them. And uh, I, I'm, I was reading up on some of the other aero characteristics of this Huss. And, and, and as I said, it, it very much seems to be an evolution on what they introduced in the US Grand Prix in 2023, where they were trying to put together a pretty significant upgrade. This looks like an evolution on that. I'm sure there'll be plenty more detail on this car as we see it in pre-season testing itself. So there are some encouraging signs for Huss. However, that's probably as far as the good news goes when we're talking about Haas. A lot of people have joked already about them that they're most likely going to be 10th in the Constructors' Championship. It was a dismal season last season for them. And, you know, I want to try and be optimistic, but I do have a sinking feeling that, you know, any sign of progress for Haas in 2024 will probably be to not finish as far off the rest of the field as they have done, especially on a Sunday the new um, boss at Haas, Ayo Komatsu, obviously replacing Gunther Steiner, he tried to talk up the car as best as he could, but it was more aligned with what they hoped to achieve going forward rather than where they currently are. He very much expects them to be at the back in Bahrain. Just reading the press release that uh, Haas put out in the interviews talking about this new car and he says it right here, saying new team principal Aokamatsu says Haas expects to be at the back of the grid at the Bahrain Grand Prix because it lost so much development time with the VF24. And um, that in part was probably to a lot of the issues that they had where it wasn't necessarily a case where they couldn't spend the money or didn't have the resource to develop. They just didn't really understand the issues with the car well enough to be able to create those designs that could improve on the aero characteristics. I mean, we all know the big problem that they had last season was the fact that whilst they were very strong in qualifying, I think they made Q3 11 times last season and 16 Q3 Q2 appearances, which overall doesn't sound so bad. But then you look at the Sunday performance that followed it and quite often they would fall down the order very quickly. They would overheat their tyres too quickly. They just could not keep up with the pace of the rest of the field. And they very much struggled to really get to grips with these new regulations. A lot of the issues that they thought they were mechanical that were passed down to what they inherited from Ferrari in terms of the listed parts that they could acquire, they really struggled with that. And I think for a while, they probably felt that once Ferrari got their act together, they would be able to do the same with the listed parts that they could get from them. But I think what they realized is that the aero package that they had had so many faults that they designed in-house that they really struggled to get on top of it, let alone find solutions to the problems that they were having. So they really struggled in race trim. And uh, that's obviously seems to be the focus of improving for 2024. As we said, as we saw already in the US Grand Prix, it looked like they had made a step forward in that regard, but they were still a long way off the rest of the field. Just going through this press release, um, some of the quotes from Ayo Komatsu, the new team boss there, he was saying that uh, out of the gates in Bahrain, he still thinks that they're going to be towards the back of the grid, if not last. Uh, and then he went on to say uh, that since he'd become team principal, 
He spent a lot of time talking to managers both in the UK and Italy, where Haas, of course, have bases at Marinello and, of course, in the UK. And they're excited because it's an opportunity to improve and there are areas for improvement everywhere. Now, he did say something quite interesting where it was a thinly veiled dig, I think, towards the previous regime of Gunther Steiner and uh, Simone Resta, the former technical director. And he felt not only was there a lack of communication, but there just seemed to be a lack of a plan for this car going forward and how to improve it. And, and we know Simone Resta, when he left Haas, he cited a lack of motivation as one of the reasons to why he just didn't want to be there anymore. Gunther Steiner obviously fell out with Gene Haas over their plans for what to do to take the team forward. Gene seemed to be of the opinion that the Haas team needed to make better use of its resources. Gunther felt that the team needed to invest more. In it, or the only needed to invest more in its resources in order to take the team forward. They've since gone. Ayo is now running the show at the team. And he seems to be the opinion that things will get better. They just need to open the lines of communication better. The dialogue between the UK and the Italian factories at Man- Marinello need to be better. And hopefully, for Huss's sake, he's right. Hopefully that will be the case. Huss can improve things at the factory and hopefully that will improve in terms of creating better parts which will translate to better performance on the track because this is a team that quite often is well well it's associated as being a team that is very good at the start of the season and then struggles to maintain that as the season goes on it's very hard for them to develop the car and keep pace with the rest of the field as they tend to get out developed so if Haas are starting on the back foot and are starting at the back of the field they're going to have a very tough time of overcoming those problems and trying to make way through the field and try and climb up the order. Uh, Ayo himself was talking about um, the difficulties that they had last season where they just weren't able to develop the car the way they wanted. And if they'd known how difficult it was going to be, perhaps in hindsight, they could have focused development on the VF24 better, which would have put them in a better position at this point heading into the season open and pre-season testing. They weren't able to do that. So they are already on the back foot by the sounds of it. But uh, hopefully for their sake, they'll be able to improve going forward. He did go on to say, of course, that the drivers will play a stronger role too. He said last year in terms of subjective feedback from the drivers, their understanding of what the weakness of the car was clear. However, we weren't able to reflect that in our car development program. So with the changes we made in that team, we aim to address this issue with our drivers more in the loop of development paths so that nothing gets lost. He then finishes it off by saying that as engineers, we all have the data from many sensors, but the one thing we can't do is drive the car and feel what's going on. So we've got to be able to understand and react to the driver's feedback better. So there's a lot to take from Haas's launch. They're going to be doing a shakedown on the 11th of February at Silverstone. So we might get to see more detail of the car then. As we've already mentioned, there's all, there's going to be a huge input from Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg, two very experienced drivers, arguably one of the most experienced driver parents on the grid. And that is a positive for us. They're going to need to rely on the driver feedback. And as Ayo pointed out there, he's going to need the team to be able to take advantage of the feedback and develop parts that are going to help the team going forward. 
is going to be a critical part of this team's performance this season. In terms of my own predictions for where I think Haas will be, I think they will struggle. And if they are the 10th fastest car at the start of the season, I I wouldn't bet against them finishing any higher than that. As I said already, this is a team that is known for starting well or exceeding expectations out of the blocks, but they do tend to get reeled in as the season goes on. So if they're already starting on the back foot, there's a good chance that they're not exactly going to be progressing relative to the rest of the competition. So we'll have to wait and see and we'll have to be hopeful. But as far as my verdict goes with Haas, the car looks good in terms of delivery. I like it in terms of the darker ones that we're going to see. And we have seen, I think it's one of the better ones, but it's going to be hard for them to be noticeable. It's going to be hard for them to stick out. The fact that Gunther Steiner is not there anymore. I think we're going to find out how important he was to the team. You know, they're not going to get as much airtime. I think they will at the beginning because obviously there'll be a lot of focus on IO and what he has to bring to the team and obviously his plans for internal development and trying to improve things with the team that were, you know, lacking under the previous regime. But I think if Haas aren't making significant progress and are falling back relative to the rest of the competition, there's going to be very little attention on them, as we saw a couple of years ago when Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin were driving for them in 2021 and that car was absolutely nowhere. And obviously with no Gunther around, that fanfare and that interest is obviously going to fade as well. So it's going to be very important for Haas to try and make progress where they can. I hope for their sake that they will, because nobody wants to see anyone straggling or looking out of place in this competition at the moment especially when it's as tight as it probably has been across the board. So we'll have to wait and see. But let me know your thoughts on the 2024 Haas. Do you like the look of the car? What are your expectations for them in 2024? And don't forget to join me for tomorrow's episode where we're going to be discussing the Williams. And then, of course, we'll be back again on Wednesday to discuss the stake car. And so far and so forth. I think this week... Uh, just looking at the calendar, actually. I'm just going to bring that up on my phone before we sign this one off. And uh, yeah, so we've done Haas. Then on Tuesday, we're going to be doing Williams. Then we're going to do Steak on Wednesday. Thursday, we're going to be covering Alpine. And then on Friday, we're going to be doing the Visa Cash App Red Bull Car or V Carb or RB, formerly Alpha Tauri. You get the drill on that one. So that'll be the first five done. And then, of course, the week after, we'll be doing Aston Martin, Ferrari, McLaren, Mercedes, and Red Bull. So I hope that was okay, guys. I hope that you enjoyed listening to my thoughts on that one. Let me know your thoughts. I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on these new cars as and when we talk about them. And um, as always, Make sure to like and follow the show if you are new. Hope you enjoyed it. If you think that we're worthy, please leave us a five-star review. I will be reading out some five-star reviews soon. I'm not going to do it on this particular episode or some of the other ones. I think I might save that for a more regular episode because quite a few of you have very generously sent us five-star reviews, so I'm really grateful for that. And I don't want your patronage to go ignored. So I will be reading those out. As our, as our way of saying thank you. And of course, if you're new and you want to do the same and you want yours read out, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. I'd really appreciate that. But until next time, guys, thanks for tuning in as always. Come back tomorrow as we're going to be talking about the Williams 
for 2024. What have they got cooking over at the Williams factory? I'm looking forward to seeing what that one's going to look like. It's one of my favorite cars on the grid. But until then, guys, take care as always. Stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. And remember, as always, if you're not first, you're probably DNF1. Take care. Podcast Network.